1: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 11:60 a.m. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska is expected to retire from the United States Senate later this year and become the next president of the University of Florida. News comes as both parties are battling for control of the Senate this fall. So what does his exit mean for Republicans in the Senate? How could it cause some trouble for Leader Mitch McConnell? And, of course, when it comes to all things Senate, uh, many people quote James Wallner. We just get him on the phone. (laughs) James Wallner, resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute, uh, always grateful to have him on the program. And uh, James, as, as you look at Senator Sass's departure, uh, one, give us uh, your initial reaction to that, and then we'll dive into what it might mean for the makeup of the Senate.
2: Well, thanks for having me. Initially, I'm not that surprised that Senator Sass has announced that he wants to leave the Senate uh, for an, what looks like an academic job. He has long maintained and, and said that he would like to be in academia. I think his personality and his temperament is well-suited for academia, and he's clearly been frustrated with the Senate and his role there. So it, it's not surprising at all that he actually is, is is making all of that a reality.
1: Yeah, he definitely has uh, gone through and been a, a reformer in higher education, Midland uh, College. Of course, he uh, did a great turnaround a job there in terms of reframing uh, a institution that was really struggling. And so I, I agree. I think the challenge of that and taking on higher ed, uh, I think, uh, appeals to him and, and to a lot of those skills. Let's, let's look at what it means uh, for the Senate in and of itself. Uh, obviously, it's a closely divided Democrat and Republican Senate. Uh, there's also, I think, some rumblings inside the Republican caucus there in terms of the role of Mitch McConnell. How do you think this impacts uh, that going into the midterms?
2: Well, the first thing your listeners should understand is that it is very unlikely that this seat could flip uh, to uh, the Democrats simply because of the, of the political makeup of Nebraska uh, increasingly in recent years. And so it, it doesn't look like it would change the party composition uh, at all. And, of course, the governor there in, uh, in Nebraska, who is someone who is likely to challenge uh, or to run for the seat, uh, Governor Ricketts, uh, is uh, is a Republican as well, who's won statewide and rather handily. Uh, and so I don't think it's going to change the partisan balance of power, but the dynamic within the Republican Party is going to be a little bit different. And there, I think that it could, could lead to a much different dynamic and a change dynamic. Leaders try to keep control of their conferences by socializing new members as they come in into this way of doing business. But if you get certain... Uh, kinds of new senators, or you get a lot of new senators all at once, that becomes a very difficult thing for them to do. And so Mitch McConnell may have his hands full.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing to me. I, I think, uh, as I understand the way it works in Nebraska, the governor will appoint someone for that two-year window, uh, and then uh, they will there will be a an election to fill out those final two years uh, of uh, that term, and then Run for the new six year window. So that's that'll be an interesting thing to watch over the coming years. Uh, As you mentioned, James, uh, talking about the uh, the makeup and the dynamics inside the Republican caucus, I think that's where the real interesting conversation gets uh, in terms of Mitch McConnell being able to kind of wrangle. It's always a wrangling job uh, in the Senate. Uh, what does it do to to change uh, his calculus or how things, again, my guess is we're going to either have a, a 51-49 or a, remain a 50-50 uh, kind of Senate situation. But what does that uh, voice change uh, do uh, to Mitch McConnell? What does it do for the uh, the way Senate uh, functions?
2: Well, McConnell is extraordinarily sensitive to these types of things. We've seen in recent days uh, McConnell announcing he has the votes uh, to be the 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 next Republican leader. Uh, That's all by design. And so this is something that McConnell pays very close attention to. But there's a lot more disagreement and a lot more frustration within the Republican conference inside the Senate than you could guess from outside looking in. And by adding someone, and if you had someone like Governor Ricketts, for instance, or someone else of that mold, a Republican of that mold, come into the Senate, it could bolster that those ranks and it only takes a, a, not, like one, a few members to get to the point where a critical mass is reached and then all of a sudden that disagreement spills out into the open and that is what McConnell is trying to avoid and that's what this seat potentially uh, risk for him.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
2: There's desperation and anguish. More
0: than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Martin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we will find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
1: Yeah, and I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch. Because uh, if you, let's just say for, as a scenario, uh, if the Republicans did take the Senate, say they got to 51 uh, that means that the the number is is 26. You would need 26 Republican votes to become the majority leader uh, in the Senate. And when you look at places like North Carolina, where you could have somebody like a Ted Budd uh, take that or a J.D. Vance in Ohio and Eric Schmidt in Missouri, uh, suddenly uh, I'm not sure that Mitch McConnell does have the votes.
2: And uh, and then that could
1: get very interesting.
2: That's right. And it's. And even further than that, you don't need to become the leader to make it impossible for Mitch McConnell to Mm -hmm. lead the Senate like he's led it in the past. You can just ignore him. It's not like the Senate leadership has a lot of power. It's the deference that the rank-and-file members give to the leaders to order that chamber's deliberations, to block their amendments, to expedite business all in the name of predictability, order, and efficiency. And if you had a handful of senators who are unwilling to defer in that way, that's contagious. And when they do it once or twice, and then all of a sudden other people will be doing it. And this is what happened in the 1950s and 1960s when the Senate changed to a great degree. Uh, And that's uh, that's why we
1: have you on, James, because we need that perspective. And uh, and so often we we have seen, especially over the last number of years of so many have just kind of bowed to the leadership, whether it was Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer or Harry Reid. uh, I think they're all the same person in terms of how they've been governing. Uh, But as you said, if a few start to say not so fast, uh, then senators actually could be senators again. uh, And the debate would be very
2: different. And Senator Sasse in the past has criticized the Senate and its dysfunction, and he's called for change. But what's been rather curious is that he hasn't been willing to go that extra step, to go that extra step, to force that change by simply waking up in the morning, putting his feet on the ground and saying, I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to try to do things. I'm going to act. And if a new senator comes in who is willing to do that, that will be a sea change. That's that's a big deal. Because then all of a sudden that senator is doing stuff that other senators may not like, and then they're going to have to react to that senator and so on and so on. And next thing you know, we'll be legislating. (laughs)
1: That is radical stuff, and we can all hope for that kind of radical shift. Uh, James Wallner, resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute, uh, one of the great friends of the show and always so. We, we will we will stop committee hearings in Washington. We will break news. Uh, we will open the line, and uh, James always has a welcome in. James Wallner, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. Coming up, what does Utah's energy future look like and what role should businesses play? Derek Miller from the Salt Lake Chamber joins us next. Stick around on KSL News Radio, Inside Sources. We'll be right back.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
1: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do
0: when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.